Hey, hello once again. Welcome to episode 36 of the Weekly Harvest Podcast. My name is Chris Follico, Director of Game Day Operations and Community Relations with the Brandon Wee Kings. He's Brandon Crow, the radio voice of the Wee Kings. Crow, we, uh, we're always doing this on Monday nights. We're, we're still doing that. But uh, right now, we pushed it back a little bit later because we wanted to watch the end of the uh, Canada-Russia game. That was a great game, not just by Team Canada, but by Braden Schneider. Yeah, I, we, you and I have, uh, we've got a group chat with a couple, yourself, my, uh, me and uh, Kelly McGinnis in the Week King front office, and we were kind of chatting early on in the tournament about Braden Schneider and kind of thought, you know what, after the suspension, we thought maybe he was just trying to be a little cautious and not be himself, which is, you know, physical, rough, kind of mean, kind of angry a little bit, just because of, you know, the fact international hockey is a little different. And we said, you know what, the less he's noticed is probably a good thing. And tonight... Uh, in the semifinal game against Russia, he had the, his best game of the tournament. He scored a goal. Uh, they they showed him off in the second intermission, making a couple of great outlet passes. And you were talking just before he went on about the clip they were showing at the end about him angling off the Russian forward, just taking the body, just keeping the Russians at bay. The goaltender was good as well uh, for Canada, but you know Braden Schneider with his best game of the tournament. And you know, for me, everything always lines up the way it should, especially in the game of hockey and. A great video was was released by by Chad Wallen, uh, Braden's billet, uh, yesterday. I'll let you touch on that a little bit, but it's just it's crazy to me how everything just lined up regarding that video, the inspiration that is his billet brother, and then bingo, he has the game of his of his tournament. I don't know if you've seen it as well, right before we talk about the video, but uh, also Mark Masters in his interview with Braden today, he asked him a couple of questions about the game, but then he asked him like three, four questions specifically about Xander, about the entire family, about just what what, what they mean to him. It was really, really nice. And Chad shared that too on his Facebook. Uh, yeah, so I encourage people to, to go and check it out. I know that we shared it on our on the Week King uh, Twitter and Facebook Uh Chad, uh, luckily, he we he made it shareable, and in like the twenty four hours since he posted that, the shares are like over three hundred some. It's gotten it's gotten just be awesome so far. So uh, his son, he has two sons. They are twins. Uh, they're actually the same age as Jude. Um, actually, you know, we're going to podcast in my living room. Jude Sawyer's birthday the day before you, same birthday, the same day. I knew it was right around. So the same birthday. Sawyer and Xander have with Jude. So Jude has played with Sawyer throughout baseball, throughout hockey for a number of years now. Uh, so we, of course, know the family well through that and through the Wee Kings. But Xander has never been able to participate because of his uh, cerebral palsy. But he is one of the biggest fans out of any of the teams that uh, that his brother's playing on. He's always there if he can be. He wants to help out. He's a great kid. Everyone loves him. And what he was able to do now is not just they, they didn't know if he was ever going to be able to walk and he learned to walk. Then he could walk without the use of a walker. And this kid has such determination that our equipment manager, Scott Halady, has created these like bigger bob skates that he can now go on the backyard rink. And for the first time ever, he can skate. And he wanted to do that before his big billet brother gets back from the world juniors. Um, it just is an absolutely incredible story. I, I really, I, I didn't know what to expect. I, I'd heard, you know, a, a couple of rumblings. I've been talking with uh, some different people that, uh, you know, um, Braden's billet brothers were just in absolute heaven, you know, with this whole world junior thing. And I know Braden and his family came to Brandon for the uh, NHL entry draft night, and they were all together in in the living room 
when the New York Rangers called his name and you could just see the excitement of, of the billet brothers and everything. And so to see this video come out last night, I, I wasn't sure what to expect, but to, to watch that young man get on the ice, you know, in the Schneider Jersey and these custom made Bob skates by scooter and just kind of get him out there. You can hear the encouragement from his dad. You can almost hear the emotion in his dad's voice. You know, it, he's, he's not out there, you know, stick handling and scoring the big goal, but for him, Taking that first stride is is Game Seven Stanley Cup game winner in overtime. I mean that's a huge moment for a young guy. So how how old did, did you say how old is he is? Would he be 12? Well, twelve? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So twelve they, years old. They, I mean, they would have just turned twelve. Yeah. What a great story! And that video you said went viral on Sunday night. That video went viral all day today, um, Monday, January fourth. They were recording this. This video was going viral. TSN guys were watching it, retweeting it. It was talked about mark masters you mentioned it it was just a viral hit video hundreds of people saw it and i think it, it really showed especially in Braden's interview with mark masters prior to tonight's game in the semifinal what small town junior hockey means to the community and uh tip of the cap you know chad and and his family they're great weekend supporters they're, they're big supporters of of what i do on the radio what you do at the rink the team and everything uh they're just great people so uh, it was a great story. Love to see it. Great job, Scooter. Uh, great job, Xander. And uh, just seems fitting that tonight, uh, the day after, was Braden's best game of the tournament. Yeah, no, it was absolutely amazing. And, you know, as as a father, when you see those posts as well, and, like, you know that you would do anything for your kids. So to know, like, what the family, you know, has gone through to try and do everything they, they, they can for Xander, uh, that just it was it was actually emotional and it's really emotional to try to talk about this meanwhile those who are watching on the video this entire time i've got my five-year-old you know speaking of love for the kids who is <laughs> literally like on me here right beside me they I'm look trying to think about what they? i'm oh isn't this crazy isn't this crazy for those who are watching um but uh you know you would you would do anything for your kids so yeah like when when you see videos like that it's just absolutely amazing um speaking the same vein before we forget thinking about family and doing all this and that uh the jersey behind me of course is always kind of special uh, for those watching the video podcast it's the cancer jersey from a couple of years ago where we had uh, all the names of people who in the organization, um, like longtime season ticket holders, people with the club, uh, they got their names along the bottom of the jersey, all the fight cancer. And uh, that's my dad's birth year, uh, who passed away from cancer. I uh, got the purple uh, tattoo ribbon on me as well. And now wearing the uh, Howard Chuck hat that we just got the uh, the entire office this week. Uh, Howard Chuck uh, Strong. Um Love this. So I encourage people to go and uh, check these out online as well. Uh, if you, if you can, our official sponsor is Coors Light, the official beer of the Brandon Wee Kings. Please drink responsibly, but uh, encourage you to go and check out these hats as well at the same time. And it's funny you mentioned that because earlier today I was trying to find some information on Nolan Patrick's first skate today with the Philadelphia Flyers. And I ran across some Oscar Lindbaum uh, stories uh, with the Philadelphia Flyers. Of course, he was a young man who uh, had to undergo cancer treatment uh, and uh, was able to come back and, and take part in uh, the playoffs, um, you know, for Philadelphia. So, um, you know, he's just a, a great story all around. There's lots of great hockey stories going around. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's great to see. Uh, hockey and the stories surrounding it seem to have been so negative 
over the last couple of months with cancellations and, and things, you know, guys testing positive, guys getting sick and everything else. So uh, now that the NHL training camps are going, the World Juniors are going, you're getting some good stories again. And, uh, you know, before uh, we talk about the World Juniors, we'll do that after our interview. Um, but uh, it's it's certainly a, a fun time of year now. It's, you know, everything's kind of seems a little bit normal. I know we're a little ways away from that yet, but um, with Canada rolling right now and uh, the NHL training camps getting going, the internet was a fun place to be today, unlike what it has been for the last couple of weeks. So uh, it's just a cool time of year, and I'm excited uh, to see how the next uh, month and a half goes here to see if we can get uh, some Western Hockey League going and get these good stories back uh, in front of our fans and Brandon. Yeah, so while, uh, while I go and take care of the little one who is who is behind me here still uh we are going to get into the interview that uh, you and me crow we we sat down last night and we talked to a a, a good friend of yours as people will quickly realize <laughs> as we start to play here it will not take you very long to figure out the kind of relationship that uh, that brandon crow and our guest have but we have the uh the longtime voice of the lethbridge hurricanes Dustin Forbes joined the podcast this week. So a big thanks to, uh, to Dustin, and we're going to get into that right now. Enjoy. Our first guest of 2021 is uh, one of the funniest fellas on the Western Hockey League broadcasting circuit. He's been at it a long time, and uh, him and I have both uh, kind of come up through the same ladders uh, through the Junior A ranks in Saskatchewan, now into the Western Hockey League. Uh, he's trying to keep himself busy just like the rest of us. He's the voice of Lethbridge Hurricanes, Dustin Forbes, on this week's edition of the Weekly Harvest. And Forbes, he... First and foremost, that's quite the beard you got going on. What exactly have you been doing uh, in terms of uh, barbering and uh, personal hygiene since the season ended? You look like a homeless bum. I well, yeah. I mean, I haven't been making any hockey money for nine months, so <laughs> it really dug into the razor fund for me for sure. <laughs> so and, right, right away, right away. By the way, I don't grow here very well at all. So. If people couldn't tell that you guys were friends, that's got to be the meanest intro that we've ever had on the podcast. Like, what well, a backhanded, would... like, Forbes, I like you, man. Like, you know, I, I, I know you from the games when you're yeah. around the media room. But, uh, I mean, obviously, without me knowing anything, we're, we are in for something because Crow's coming out and he's just throwing haymakers at you. <laughs> this is, well, yeah. here, here's my rebut. It's clear that Crow mailed in the first episode of 2020, uh, 2021 because the last two in 2020 were pretty high-end people. And then he gets me for 2021. <laughs> put in it's some effort and work, Crow. Like we, we've seen your game notes. Let, let's put in some work here. <laughs> it's the holidays. Everybody that I asked to come on was busy. And you were the only one that said <laughs> <laughs> you know what's awesome though yeah you're lucky is, i didn't text but you today. really appreciate you you stepping up and doing that uh there is a little bit of truth but it wasn't quite that last minute but at at the same time when when crow brought it up i was like yeah we should totally have him on uh because i mean you've been around now for a number of seasons how long have you been now with the uh with with with, with the voice of the hurricanes yeah well if and when we start up it'll be my seventh season and i, I often joked when i first got into the league you know, you'd talk to the guys like Bob Ridley or uh, in, in Medicine Hat or Regan Bartell in Kelowna, and you'd introduce them by the longtime voice of Team X. And I always say, like, what's the number to get that? The longtime, the longtime voice, voice of. And a lot of guys were like, oh, like five or between five and ten. And I'm, I'm like, wow, geez, I'm almost there. There you go. And 
for for people that don't, I mean, obviously you heard me throwing a dagger right off the hop at Forbesy, but him and I go I go a long way back. He started in in La Ranche, which is uh, it's not the end of the earth, but you can see it from there. It's uh, it's way up north in Saskatchewan. Great ice fishing territory, Falco. That's a place you'd like to go. But you started up in La Ranche at the time. I was in kind of Melfort, Nip, when Humboldt. I'm not entirely sure which team I was calling games for at that point, but uh, and then uh, you took the jump uh, to the BCHL. Uh, back to your home province and then made your way up to the Western Hockey League. But him and I uh, have been communicating now via Snapchat and text message. You and I have the longest snap streak in my phone on Snapchat. It's 670 days, Forbesy. That's longer than my wife. That's longer than my sister. That's longer than any of my friends. Uh, you are the only guy I can say I have talked to for 670 straight days. Almost two straight years. That is something. Uh Sticky already. <laughs> that really doesn't say much, does it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I gotta get the daily uh snap into Crow Crow there, see how hard he's working or not working. That's pretty low. Uh Forbes, you've been watching the World Juniors. I know you're a big fan. You got Dylan Cousins, uh, Lethbridge Hurricane taking part, and of course last year Kalen Addison of the Hurricanes was a big story. Uh, what have you seen so far as we head into semifinal uh, Monday? Uh, we're recording this on Sunday ahead of the semifinals, but uh, what do you uh, what have you seen from from Team Canada so far? Well, their last game out, uh, I wasn't all that impressed against the Czechs. I didn't think that they played the way that that team can play. I mean, you've heard it multiple times that every single forward's a first-round NHL draft pick, and, um, you know, they're so deep. Devin Levi's been terrific in goal, um, and, and if not for him, and uh, the goaltender for the Czech Republic, Malik, being a little leaky in the first period, like, who knows if Canada wins that game? The only two goals they got, uh, I think it was 2 nothing. It was 2 nothing, right? Yep. No, 3-0. 3-0 with the empty netter, so... You know, the, the only two goals that they got in that game squeezed through and, and probably should have been stopped. So uh, I think they'll they'll want to, well, they'll definitely want to be better against the Russians and probably the top goaltender of the tournament uh, for uh, for Russia with Askarov. So um, they're going to want to definitely ha- have the type of game that we saw them play against the Finns, I, I think, in their final round-robin game, which... I mean, Gord Miller and Ray Ferraro on the broadcast on the on the TV side were saying, and you know, that's the the first period, especially uh, against Team Finland, was maybe the best period of hockey a, a team can play. Uh, I think the Finns only had one shot on goal, and, and it was pretty airtight. So, and, and the forecheck was tremendous. So, uh, I expect that they'll get back to that, having had the day off. And I mean, then then you can talk about Dylan Cousins and. They've talked about him at great length on the on the telecasts. He's who's that? Who's that? I don't think yeah. I've heard them mention. I don't think I've heard them mention. Where is he from again? And who does he play for? Uh, now, <laughs> yeah. okay, but in all joking, all, all joking aside, though, Dustin, I mean that is a talking point. You know, you've you obviously seen him, you know, for a number of years now. But watching him on the TV in this tournament is this the most impressive Dylan Cousins has looked? Oh, absolutely, a- a- absolutely. I mean. He, he looks like a man amongst boys right now. And if there was any doubt that he's not ready to play in the National Hockey League going into this tournament, I think he's scrapped every morsel of doubt out of that. Like, he 100% looks ready to play, you know, regular minutes for the Buffalo Sabres, uh, you know, probably starting as early as a couple of weeks from now, um, whenever the tournament's done and, and he gets off to Buffalo and, uh, I think he'll make that team, and 
you know, with the uncertainty of, of the WHL and if and when and how many are, are we going to play, uh, it makes sense for him to be in Buffalo and uh, get that experience right away. And, and, and I think he'll excel. I mean, you, you heard, you know, them talking about it on the broadcast and that he spent the summer running in sand in the Yukon, like he's committed. He's a hard worker. He came up at 15 years old during a playoff run. And I think it was 2017 for the hurricanes. And I mean, he, he scored a goal in a game seven with less than three minutes to go at 15 years old to tie the game and send it to overtime, which the hurricanes would eventually win. So he he's been a top tier player since he arrived in the WHL. And I think he's going to have a long, long career in the national hockey league. Tip of the cap to Paul Figler of the Dub Network today. Somebody tweeted out, I don't know who it was, somebody tweeted out how many WHL alumni are on NHL training camp rosters. And he went, spent the day just kind of digging around and seeing what he could come up with. 203 Western Hockey League players and alumni are currently on NHL training camp rosters. Now that doesn't include guys like uh, Ridley Gregg, who's technically in Ottawa, but currently going through the quarantine. And then, of course, the guys that are with Team Canada now, like, for example, Zary or Cousins that will go to their team after. So that doesn't even include the players at the World Juniors. So 203, that is quite the list. And when you go through, I, I was going through, there's 12 Brandon Wheat King alumni. I didn't count the um, uh, Lethbridge Hurricane alumni ahead of this because I didn't really prepare, as we were alluded to earlier. But that's just an impressive list when you look down. 203 guys that you know, skated in the Western Hockey League, plus the guys that aren't. I mean, if there's ever been a time where Western Hockey League players are making an impact, it's it's got to be now. Like, you look through some of these rosters, and you've got you know, got Jamie Benn on there, you know, with Dallas. Joel Edmondson, the Stanley Cup winner, you know, played in Moose Jaw. You go down the list, it just goes on and on. Nolan Patrick's healthy now. Ivan Provorov, you know, you just keep going on and on. It's it's an impressive list. And, of course, you got Kalen Addison in Minnesota, I mean, you can't really turn your head on a score sheet and not see a guy who played in the Western Hockey League. No, and they say, I mean, the, the WHL is the best development league. You know, the CHL, WHL is the best development league for junior age players in the world. And and there's no doubt. I mean, you look, you just look at those numbers. And I mean, you, you didn't even mention Bowen Byram. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, right. It, right. Like, and like it's so easy to forget guys that are impactful both at the junior level and that have been impactful at the NHL level after playing junior in the Western league. And, you know, I think, I mean, you talk to players that have played in the WHL who have gone on to have professional careers, you know, maybe they don't make the NHL, but guys that do uh, play pro hockey and guys that have long successful careers in the NHL, they, they say the WHL prepares you so well because, the amount of games that we play, and of course, the last couple of years, we've had 68 before it was 72. But with the travel and everything else that goes along with it, it's like a mini NHL. And you see that. And and it's such a seamless transition to pro hockey for a lot of these top end guys because they get that everyday tutelage, everyday practice. The, the games are always good and always intense. And I mean, you look at the coaching, you know, in, in, in the WHL. At every stop, there's high-end coaches, and and to 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 defend my point on that is all you have to do is look at a lot of the hires this extended offseason, be it in the American League or NHL. There's a a lot of former Dub guys that are getting hired at higher levels. I mean, 
you, you know, you talk about the Henderson Silver Knights, Manny Viveros, Jamie Heward. You know, there's so many guys that are coming out of the WHL and, and making an impact on the coaching front as well as the, the playing front when it comes to, you know, higher levels. And, I mean, it's such an honor to be a part of the, the Western Hockey League and to see the successes of people that, you know, we get to bump shoulders with and have a Timbit in, in the scout room or or, you know, get to talk to before or after a game kind of deal. And uh, it, it's pretty exciting to see so many people have such a, a long, successful career and an impact. I like to know that that the Timbits make an impact. So that's good to know when we're doing the menu for the scout room <laughs> for you. For me, the Timbits, of course, make the it. The Timbits. Love the Timbits. Uh, and, you know, the WHL does have a long history. And not only that, but you have uh, a part of one of the greatest clips in WHL history. Uh, and you know that this is going to come up. I'm going to I'm going to see if we can share. I'm going to try and share my screen here, and we're going to try to play this. Now, if it doesn't work, I'm just going to edit in post, and we're going to talk about it anyway because you know exactly what I'm talking about. But I am going to share this. I'm going to share sound, and this uh, and this should be. Hopefully, this is going to work. So you guys can and hear this. Try and get back in the game. Yeah. They need the points here. Skinner looking for the empty net, rolling, rolling. He scores. Stuart Skinner has a goal! Oh my! <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> and he's gonna do the flyby! <laughs> yes! This is unbelievable! <laughs> unbelievable! And I'm surprised that you're not giving us the finger right now because I know how much you hate how viral that video went. But let's give you a chance to defend yourself here, Forbesy. Oh. What happened on that illustrious day? Well, guys, uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, okay, the, yeah, I, I hate that call uh, so much. And, and there's a lot of people that love it. And I got crapped on on social media from a lot of people, too, when it went viral almost five years ago. So it's been a while since that happened, but it seems to be brought up at least once a week, even still now. Um, <laughs> I don't know how anybody could honestly say that there was a problem with that call. You could hear like the emotion and just you lost it. It was so great. And I would too. I think Crow would have done the same. His voice would have went three, four octaves higher. When you have a goalie pull a Ron Hextall hmm. that just does not happen. I mean, I get it. I totally get it. Well, and, and, I, I think I, I think honestly, it adds to it. Yeah. If anything. Yeah, I, I've had a lot of people be like, "Dude, you should a hundred percent have that on a demo." I'm like, "No way. There's no way that, that's going on my my play by play demo." Uh, it blew up for sure. Um, I mean, you know, it was it was played in in Australia, and the Tonight Show is a lot of people know and. Uh, Brian Hancock, he does color with us from time to time. He's kind of like our fill-in guy. And he was in England uh, when that happened. And he saw it on the morning news in England the next day. That was the first time he saw it. Um, and, and I hate it. I, I mean, I, I don't really I don't really like that the attention that, you know, goes with that. Um but to, to set the record straight, and I've said this in a couple of interviews, the week leading up to that night, uh, I was sicker than a dog. 
and and Pearl, like you can attest, when you're feeling like crap and you don't like leading up to that game, I had no voice whatsoever. Um, and it was such a big game because the the Hurricanes needed a, a win to clinch the division for the first time in 20 years. They they hadn't clinched the division since '97. Um, that was the first year with Brent Kissio. So you know it was six years of of no playoff hockey and. You know, there's a lot of excitement around that team. And going into that game, the Hurricanes, I think it was one point, a win for sure clinched the division. And so it was like, you know, tons of tea and lozenges just trying to get the voice ready to go. And uh, late in the second period, Braden Burke scored a goal on a breakaway to make it 5-2 for the Hurricanes. And I just, my, on the goal, I my voice just gave out on me. So I was like, <laughs> Just like inch our like let's inch our way through the third period and get through it and get a cough drop and some whatever Benadryl. You know, you buy Benadryl in a store now, you get a squirrely eye, but <laughs> <laughs> in fact then Benadryl is a you know go to. So um yeah, going to the third period, little did I know that uh, Stuart was gonna do that and you know, they ended up winning the game and you know, the playoffs didn't go great that year, but, uh, yeah, I, I was so sick. Uh, like I was just happy to be able to be on the mic and then, then Stuart. <laughs> See, I'll tell you as part of our 670 day snap streak, I don't know how many of those 670 Snapchats have been video of me watching that clip just to irritate you, but it's gotta be well into double digits. Cause I, as much as I love that clip, same as Chris, I, I love how much it irritates you because it, we all have those like, you know, there are times where, you know, I say something and then all I can think of is I hope that Chris does not include that in the post game highlights and I'll go watch later. And of course there it is third or fourth clip. So uh, at the end of the day, Forbesy, that is a video that's going to go down in history, whether you like it or not. I think it's fantastic. I think it really shows the passion. I mean, you battled through it and you, you just did what you had to do, even if it sounded a little ridiculous. I, I, I thought it was fantastic. It uh, yeah, Jimmy Fallon summed it up great. He said he, the, that guy's waiting for his pucks to drop. You <laughs> <laughs> hit me late. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think though, Crozy, you can attest to this, and and Chris, maybe you can even too. As as you grow as a broadcaster, um, I think one of the biggest things with growing as a broadcaster, and I would tell this to young broadcasters if they asked, is you know your early stuff isn't going to sound as good as your later stuff, because as you grow, you, you learn how to, to control your emotion a little bit. You get, you learn how to control your voice in, in moments a little bit better than you do. And, you know, five years ago, uh, I was 24 now, you know, I'm pushing 30. So you, you, you learn to get a bit, a, a, you know, a little bit better at controlling all those things, your voice, your, your emotions, and, you know, the in nuances of, uh, of calling a hockey game. So, well, the you know, the- it was, it was, oh, sorry, I was going to say just last week with uh, Peter Labardius here, we were talking that me and him, we both went to the same broadcast college. And of course it's that learning to talk. And, you know, we were just kind of discussing that, but uh, I mean, that does play a huge role. When I listened to those first tapes coming out of college, it is so cringeworthy and embarrassing that, <laughs> uh, yeah, I would never want that to be on anything. But then even like five years in to 10 years in to now, 
15 plus years on, on the radio, like what the demo sounds like when, when, when you go back over time, but it's those building blocks. So you gotta, you gotta own those that are going to live on the internet forever. Uh, you know, we all have some clip, maybe they weren't all short on the tonight show like yours, but uh, we all have those, you know, clips or hosting or whatever along the way that's going to live somewhere. And I know I've got many of those too. I'm just like, I, I don't like yeah. that, but whatever you got to just move on. Cause it's, it's out there. I'll, I'll keep it PG, but you've seen American pie, right? Right. The video that goes viral for, for Jim. That's yes. kind of how I feel about that video. It's like, <laughs> I thought I deleted all the, I thought I deleted all those <laughs> off the internet. Like, come on. And the best part is though, that, you know, now, I mean, you, you talk about creating relationships and, and bumping elbows with these guys. I mean, now you and Stuart Skinner are forever tied to this moment and, and Stuart's parents and his family and his friends and his girlfriend at the time, if he had one that were watching it, I mean, you guys are all tied together in these moments that, you know, 20 years from now when Stuart's kid Googles his name and that comes up, he's going to go, dad, who's that radio guy? And he's going to think of you and he might even send you a text message. So yeah. as goofy as it sounds, it's, it's just cool when you think well, about it. And, and that's a good point to, to grow is, is, you know, as embarrassed as I am five, almost five years later from that call, you know, at the time and, and even to now, you know, I'll get the odd text from Stuart's dad, you know, Sam, who's, who's a great guy and, and the family and, you know, and, and at the time and even to today, you know, they love the call. They, the family Stuart did. So, I mean, as long as you're pleasing the people who, you know, you know, listen the most, I guess that's the, the most important thing to sway what you actually feel about the call. I got to say too, that my, the, my favorite part about it besides the call is the fact that he did the flyby. That is just, you know, as a goalie to have to sit there, see every time the player goes down and scores and gets that attention and he's got to stand there and wait for his last fist bump for him to actually go and get to do that. And the, the, and the excitement. And again, even you kind of showed that when you get excited, even for the flyby, like he's doing the flyby. Uh, I, that was one of my favorite parts. So for even Stewart to be in the moment and go and do that, I think that was incredible. Well, and it's funny, you mentioned the flyby because like Craig, I'd have to go back and look, but I, I don't ever recall a goalie doing the flyby when they score. Now, of course it doesn't, it doesn't happen very often, but I, I don't ever remember, like I know Marty Brodeur and, and Ron Hextall scored a couple goals and stuff like that. I don't remember them ever doing the flyby. And now since Stewart scored, everyone you see, the goalie goes and does the flyby. So I don't know if, if he started that trend or if it had happened before, but kind of a little, you know, interesting tidbit about it. When I was uh, when I was in my second year in Malfort Forbes, you'll remember this guy. He actually ended up uh, playing for Larange. Uh, it was a goaltender named Austin Rediron, and he just got married this weekend. Actually, he was a, he was a pretty good goalie, but he was one of those uh, one of those kids that his parents probably had a had a hard time with him for when it came to listening to instructions. He was just one of those types of kids. In a game in Kindersley, uh, Malfort had a uh, had a had a lead, and Kindersley had pulled their goalie. Face-off was down in Malfort's end, and you could tell that Red Iron wanted to score. So Malfort won the face-off, and he came out of his net, kind of behind the goal line, grabbed the puck, and fired for the empty net. Well, he missed, and it was an icing. And at this point, the guys were tired, no change, so Malfort calls a timeout. And I'm watching as the coach at the time goes down to the, to the door and says something to the goalie, which during a timeout is pretty rare. 
Anyway, I'm in my head. I'm thinking, well, I probably told him not to try it again, you know, because, you know, you don't want to give up the tie and go late. Well, the next faceoff, same thing. They win the draw. He comes out of his net, grabs it, fires it hard of the net and scores. And before his teammates could even celebrate, he was making his way to the flyby before the puck even hit the goal line. He was that sure he was going to score. And I asked the coach afterwards, I said, what do you say to him in that timeout? He said, I told him, don't ever ever think about shooting that puck at the empty net again. Well, we're only up by one. And what do you know? He did it anyway. <laughs> well, and like the week leading up to that night when, when Stewart actually scored, like he had done it in practice a couple of times. And uh, it, ironic that it, or maybe coincidental that he had a chance in, in that game. And, you know, it wasn't a one goal game. There was, I think at the time it was 7-3 or 7-4, so there was a good cushion for him to take a hack at it. And if you go back and and you can back up the podcast, you can Google it again. When I say rolling, rolling, it's because the puck went on edge. Like it was going to the heart of the net until it got to about the top of the circle uh, in the zone. And it started, uh, it might've hit a rut. I mean, it's late in the third period and the puck kind of like started to wobble a little bit. And I was like, Oh my, it's going to miss. And it just got on inside the post. So I think that added to the whole, is it, is it, it is a uh, moment of it. <laughs> Perfect moment. And uh, as we move on, obviously Stuart Skinner is, is one of those guys on that list in training camp. Uh, with the Edmonton Oilers, uh, a, a group of 13 Western Hockey League alumni on that Edmonton Oilers training camp roster. The team that leads the way, uh, well, Vegas has 14 guys, but Calgary with 15 players uh, with uh, Western Hockey League experience. So certainly uh, they like their Western boys. Uh, you touched on the Western Hockey League, Forbesy. It's been a while uh, back in March since you and I had an opportunity to call a game. Uh, I think it was March 7th was my last game. It was in a 4-2 loss to the Prince Albert Raiders at home. Um, and since then, it's been absolutely nothing. And we've had a couple of false starts and a couple of um, deadlines that weren't met, obviously, due to the health situation. Uh, what's your general thoughts? I mean, wh- when somebody at the Tim Hortons sees you and says, hey, Forbesy, what's going to happen? Where are we going? Um, I mean, this is obviously a, a, an opportunity for you to, give the political answer if you want, but what do you, what do you honestly see happening in the next 10 to 15 days as we try and sort this out? Yeah, it, it's hard, man. Uh, for sure. I mean, March 7th was the the last game, uh, I called two. We were in Kelowna and it was a loss. And, um, you know, we haven't had, had a game since and, and it sucks. And I've been doing play by play. Like I said earlier, this will be my seventh year. Whenever we start with, with the hurricanes, it'll be my geez. 13th year overall. Um, so this is the longest I've gone without calling a hockey game since I was 16. I, I started when I was 16. And, uh, you know, <laughs> if there was ever a doubt in my mind of, is this what I want to do long term? The last eight or nine months has been like, yeah, no, uh, I want to call hockey uh, for a living. Uh, to answer your question, I'm an optimistic person by nature, and, and I'm hopeful that we get to a point here in the next couple of weeks that maybe we can think about the idea of, of playing hockey, but we were kind of talking before we actually started recording Brandon. And I've said to people, I said, I won't, and maybe this is a glass half uh, empty mentality. I won't believe that we actually play a game until the puck is dropped on the ice. Like even on a game day, a game is scheduled for that night. I, 
because of the, you know, once bitten, twice shy mentality, I, I don't believe we'll actually play until the puck is dropped. And I'm hopeful that that happens. I, I think, you know, it, it, the the tough part from people that I've talked to, you know, with a mask on at the Walmart or whatever uh, that have asked is, you know, it might kind of seem like mum's the word, or, you know, quiet on, on the hockey front, but you, you know, there's a lot of things happening behind the scenes, behind closed doors, via zoom calls, phone calls to try and get it off the ground and how it looks, how many we play, is there a play like the, there's so many things you need to do to try and get to the to the starting line and then once and if you can start you know the things that you need to continue to try and work through as you progress hopefully we're getting to a point you know in society as a whole where the idea of being able to have something like a western hockey league season uh is is on the horizon with the vaccines and, you know, the, the steps that the provinces have taken, like right now we're in a lockdown, basically, you know, in Alberta, like nothing's open except for your grocery stores and, you know, and planes to Hawaii. (laughs) (laughs) That's for another podcast. That's for a whole nother podcast. That's true. That's on the political podcast. Uh, (laughs) Can I defer? (laughs) Yeah, oh, um, man. but I guess long, long, long answer short is I'm hopeful how it looks, how it starts, how it progresses. If if and when we say, OK, we're going to start on date X and we're going to play Y amount of games. Do we meet all that? We'll see. I think there's way too many variables right now, um, but I'm just I know how I feel. Not having games, I can't imagine how the players feel and the coaches feel and the managements feel and you know even even business staff members of hockey clubs. So hopefully we we get something, something. Well, I Just know that I before we went into our last lockdown back in whenever it was, I stopped in at the at the Weeking office and I was talking to Don McGovery and those guys, and I said to Donnie, "So what are you doing every day?" And he said, well, I'm sure just like every other team uh, is going to say this, but we'll be the most prepared team when the puck <laughs> drops because they've got, every coach has gone through every inch of video. Every strength conditioning coach has gone through every workout, every stretch, every new science to keep guys healthy. Like every single person, and, and whether that, you know, Chris, you're doing the game day stuff, trying to figure out how to make game day work without fans, with fans, you know, changing things up. Of course, Brandon's got a new owner and and there's a whole nother side of things that come with that. But it's just, it's one of those things where it almost feels a little bit like Groundhog Day though. And I, Forbes, you're lucky in a sense that, you know, in comparison to other guys, I mean, you were lucky that, you know, your radio station gave you a full-time job coming out of this and you've been able to stay relatively busy on a day-to-day basis. I know other guys weren't myself included. I know that, you know, you go out West, Craig West in Tri-City, he's, he's working at a, at a hardware in an Ace Hardware store out in uh, out in Washington to pay the bills because there's just no hockey and there's no revenue and I, and I know that other guys around the league got laid off they got you know whatever situation financially teams just couldn't afford to keep all the staff around so 
it, it is, it's just, it's sad to think about how much time has been lost and what it's doing to different people and, um, you know, people with families, people with kids, you know, everything else that's going on. So to kind of echo what you're saying, the optimism is realistically the only thing that's keeping me going right now, because the thought of this being delayed till September, I think I texted you this yesterday or the day before, if we go till September, let's say the league says, nope, we're not going to play and we're going to start with training camp September 1st of 2021 and just start fresh. That'll be 18 months. Yeah. Like that, that's, that's an entire year and a half of nothing for everybody, for coaches, for front office, for referees, for everybody. So the sooner we can get this going, the better. But at the end of the day, you're right. There's a lot of hoops and a lot of provinces and a lot of smarter people than us three uh, that are going to have to come up with a plan. So um, if we do that, I propose right now, I know they'll never do this, but I would love for one year them to have a 21-year-old rule because there are certain guys that I just do not want to see age out of this league without getting a chance to play that last year. I know it throws everything a loop, but man, there's it's just there's so, thought, certain though. guys, right? Yeah. To- totally. I think so. At least maybe maybe not three, but I think that there's... I, like If that does happen, I think that's got to be on a, some kind of league discussion just as... Somebody who watches is like a fan, like that's what I'm talking about. Like I, and we kind of joke, but like that Reed Purpleuck article that uh, Perry Bergson did, he makes me want to watch him play hockey so badly for in a Brandon Wee King uniform that uh, you know, just for 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 all the players though, for them to have that one last chance. Yeah, I mean, we we talked about it, like how depressing it was the fact that we didn't get to have a nice goodbye for our graduating players last season. But again, for all these 20s that aren't even going to get a chance to play their 20-year-old year, if that happens, hopefully that's going to be a discussion. You know what, Chris? I, I love that idea. And, and you know, I, hopefully maybe that, that's something they're having conversations about because I liken it to the Lethbridge perspective of, of the overagers last year here were uh, Ty Prefontaine, longtime Hurricane, Coltrane Wilson, a longtime Hurricane, and Brett Davis, who is a two-time, you know, started and finished in Lethbridge. And the fans were disappointed that they didn't get an opportunity to see those guys off. Factor in Kalen Addison, you know, Brandon Guy, second all-time in defenseman scoring in Hurricanes history. He's gone. Dylan Cousins, probably gone. Um, you know, I, I would love to see a, a one-year grandfathered, you know, maybe it's one, maybe it's two 21-year-olds on a roster because that 20-year-old season is so key for a lot of guys. I mean, Coltrane Wilson's a perfect example. Going into his overage season, there was, you know, people, not so much from, you know, people within the Hurricanes organization, but outside the organization going, look, man, like if Coltrane Wilson's one of our three overagers this year, are we a good team? And, and, the team was good. He had a tremendous year, got himself a professional contract out of it. It's so key for a lot of guys mm-hmm. to, to be able to showcase what they do that, you know, hopefully if, and it's a big, if hopefully we're not talking about it, um, right. you know, hopefully we, we actually get to play. Um, but if we don't to have that conversation of like, maybe one, maybe two, I, I think three would be, too many for like a development league um, factoring in or, or a situation of like, look, you can have a 21 year old on your roster, but it takes a spot out of the three, your, your three over eight. Oh, 
totally. Yeah. 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 Like, like again, like, doesn't mean like, like there's three overage spots, but they can be used up by a 21 year old who didn't get to play his 20 year old season. I think that's a fair compromise for sure. Uh, Forbesy. So you are now the longtime voice of the Lethbridge Hurricanes. We've discussed this in great length. So over your long time there, uh, this course is the Brandon Wheat King podcast. So what are some Wheat King players that have stuck out in your mind over the over over this time? Because there's certain players that when you see them live, you just instantly know that they're on a different level. Yeah, that's a great question. Because when I broke in, it was, you know, my first year in the league was 14-15. And that was the the like that was the Eastern up. Championship season. Yeah, for the like yes. that team was loaded. So, you know, the Jace Howerlucks, the Nolan Patricks, the, you know, Tim McGauley was unbelievable. Former you know, Hurricane Reed Duke. Hurricane Reed Duke, yeah. <laughs> um, you would grow. <laughs> McCoy, your camps, that, that, that deal. Yeah, those two years, 14-15 and 15-16 when they finally won it, right? It was 2016 yeah. that they won. You know, those two teams were so good. Um, beyond all the, like, uh, I mean, Ivan Provorov, you know, such a great player. Um, I, I, the, when you, the first name that came to mind when you asked that question, Chris, was Baron Thompson. Like, really? That dude was massive. <laughs> like, and such a you-know-what to play against, I imagine. And, I, I mean, because I think about the playoff series that we had a couple of years ago. And uh, pardon me. That, that no, was we Dolphin. played in Brandon. Yeah, we was played in Brandon. Brandon. Okay, okay. It was it was the second round, so we played in Brandon. Um, and and I know it wasn't a great series for Crozy and the boys out there in in the Wheat City because the Canes got them in five uh, to go to the conference final. But that that playoff series, you know, even though it was five games, was a lot of fun, and you know. Baron Thompson was a beast. He was a beast. That was some of the best hockey that that he had played in his time uh, as a Brandon Weeking. Uh, yeah, and, and maybe that's that a, re- a, re- a recency, you know, uh, answer because that was the first name that came to mind. But there's been so many good players that are fun to watch and who have burnt the Lethbridge Hurricanes over my time. That's probably why you don't want to think about those other guys because. They, you know, they scored so many times or, or caused you guys to lose. And finally you were able to get some redemption, uh, in that, uh, in that playoff series, uh, in, uh, in five games. Yeah. That's the thing. Cause it, you came back. How did that work? It started well, we, in, we won the first two in, in, in Lethbridge game two was that game. You guys had a four, nothing lead and we came all the way back and won. And right. Right. One for the ages. And then we lost game. I want to say we lost game three in Brandon. Yeah. And then game four, we won. And then we closed you out in five. Uh, Cause yeah. as you know, you know, out here, it's like, we don't want to go all the way back out there <laughs> for one game. Right. Like, Oh man, that 10 hour bus trip sucks. That we don't want to uh... go all the way. That was Brent Kissio's uh, answer to me prior to game five. So you guys were one win away from booking your ticket. And I asked him before the game, I said, so, you know, what, what are you telling your guys, um, you know, here ahead of this one? And all he said to me was, do you really want to go back to Brandon? 
that was his answer. That's all he said. And he kind of yeah. laughed and I, I said, well, I, I guess that's motivation. He goes, yeah, for an old guy like me, that's all the motivation I need. So I don't have to crawl back onto that bus. And I mean, we had a chuckle about it, but at the end of the day, that's, that was a, that was a good team you guys had that year. And, uh, it was just, uh, it was the first time Brandon had played a home playoff game in a while because of the Dolphin series. It's just too bad they couldn't get a couple more. But, uh, Forbes, as we get set to let you go, we always wrap up with a couple of, uh, just kind of random get to know Dustin Forbes types questions. They don't necessarily have to involve hockey. They can be about whatever. Um, so my first one for you is when you're on the road, you and me, you, we like to we like to dabble in some in some food. You and I, we like to eat. Where's the best road meal in the entire Western Hockey League circuit? Well, the first one that comes to mind, we don't have anymore um, because it was what we where we would stop before going to Kootenai. It was in Crossness Pass. Yeah, was it that little log cabin place? Yeah, pure country. Yeah, we went there too. That place was awesome. Oh man, the mini progies there. Top notch. And uh, they had a cardboard cutout of John Elway in the corner. It was the weirdest thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was. Yeah. That was a good spot. There's a lot though. Like we we're lucky, man. You know, if, if you look at Crow's waistline, um, <laughs> I, I wasn't going to throw either under the bus, but I mean, I don't think either of you all have, have a hard time finding a good meal. No, no matter what. City no. You and that's why I say, if you look at Crow's waistline, don't look at mine. <laughs> uh, you can see mine coming from uh, uh, Manitoba mile away. Um, <laughs> there, there's a lot of good spots on our circuit. Um, like if I go region by region, though, like if if we go division by division, can we do that? Do we have time? Yeah, to- you know what? We got time, and I mean, okay. this is what we're. This sure. is what the people want to know. Yeah. yeah. So uh, for the East Division, Saskatoon. Uh, what is it? The Fifth Avenue Grill, is that right? The one right downtown. Do you eat there? No, we uh, Saskatoon. We always eat. Uh, I can't even remember the name. Blue of the Diamond. Place. No, it's an Italian place. Chianti's, I think, on okay. Eighth Ave. Uh, There's a good one right downtown. We always eat at kind of the night before uh, the game when we get into town. I think it's Third Ave, Fifth Avenue Grill, but they do a nice spread um, steak spread. Uh, the keg in, in Brandon always does a fantastic job. Of course. Um, it's funny because when I first got into Lethbridge, we were, we were staying at like, you know, <laughs> motel sixes and eating McDonald's, <laughs> not literally, but you know, compared to what, what we're doing now. So, um, that's a good spot in Saskatoon, uh, Edmonton. We still like to go to the Coliseum steak pit up there where you used to eat close kind of, you know, a nook around from the old Rexall place. That's a good spot. Uh, out in BC, nothing beats the local in Victoria. Oh, in Victoria. I'm, I'm biased cause I'm an Island guy. So like whenever I go back and see family, I, I make a pit stop in there <laughs> for, for lunch. And the one spot in the U S division that I love, um, it's like a little pub, steak pit in Spokane that is that guy played in the league dynamite yeah the the guy that owns the place man I wish I could think of the name of it yeah um and I'll I'll get it for the next pod and and we'll have it uh but this guy played in the league like back when the legends were playing like way back in the day like 60s 70s yeah and he owns this little hole in the wall sports bar 
you'd never know it was there driving by. But no. it's so it's like one of those pubs that has the door on like the corner of the street. You barely get in, but man, it's it's killer. And like you don't have you don't have like individual napkins on the table. They just slap like a big roll of paper towel on the table. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. it's, it's one of those kind of places. I'll, I'll get it those... from from our guys, and I will mention yeah. it so that we can send whenever we're allowed to travel and watch our teams again. If any Weeking fans are going through Spokane, we can send them there. But that's, that's a good spot. Well, Forbes, okay. now that we've had your dinner review, Chris, you got any more for uh, the yeah. Hurricane? Yeah, so we talked about you starting to call hockey at the age of 16, but interested along, along the way, there's got to be some other sport that, that, that you had to call maybe weird, but uh, like what, other, what, you know, what else have you done that maybe is outside of the ordinary along the way? Well, I fancy myself a three-sport broadcaster, Chris. Thanks for asking. Uh, <laughs> I've done some lacrosse in the day, uh, okay. which is fun. I mean, it's pretty, I mean, relatively similar to calling hockey. Uh, really got to perfect the goal call in lacrosse, uh, which is always nice. Um, shout out to the Victoria Shamrocks. I'm sure they're listening. Um, <laughs> so that's fun. I did a couple baseball games on a fill in two summers ago. Cause this past summer, of course, the season was canceled, uh, which I really enjoyed like Crow, have you done baseball? I did some Manitoba Senior Baseball League action back, oh, I would say like 2011, 2012, when I came home in the summer. Same as you, kind of a, a fill-in. Somebody at the at the uh, TV station found out I was in town and they needed a guy, but that's about my ex- – I've done some high school football. Of course, I did four years of the university football at CIS. Um, I did a little chuck wagon race. I know, Chris, you uh, you got to do that as well, but mine was more just like – uh, here's here's who's racing. I didn't get to do the whole like here they come down the backstretch thing. See, like I haven't done a lot of like those one offs. No chuck wagons, no horse races, uh, nothing like that. Um, but the baseball, I I liked calling baseball a lot. Um, I mean, you probably get the sense just with this that I like the you know storytelling aspect of things and you get a lot more of that in baseball like with hockey it's so quick and you know it's what's happening now all the time where baseball like you got a guy at the plate for five minutes you know you get to talk a little bit uh with it so i like that and i mean Falco, you've probably seen my my stats kits compared to crows oh they are in depth copy and paste it and change the colors now hey i have admitted i admitted to chris when i was going over it in the office that i'd redone we've our actually talked week. about this yeah we've actually talked about this before i gave you credit yeah 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 no crow crow has said that he wants to be as good as dustin forbes at putting together the media press kit so you are setting the gold standard that he is just trying to achieve so we do 100%. appreciate all the work that that that, that you obviously put into that yeah, no worries. Uh, glad that Crow actually, you know, even has just taken the time to copy and paste. That's a good thing. It's it's the best. Honestly, it, it's unfortunate. The one thing people don't understand is that in the, in the Western League, unlike unlike the NHL or where you get to the pro ranks where, you know, you've got stats guys like, for example, Gordon Ray sitting there in Edmonton doing the World Junior Games or Dennis Bayak and whoever, you know, Craig Button. They've got a guy whose entire job is to sit there, and if one of them says something, they're looking up stats on a computer and handing them sticky notes 
with information on it, like as they go. But in the Western League, you know, we got to look this stuff up on our own. And each team kind of provides a media kit. Yours is the best in the league. The thing I don't like, and I've mentioned this a few times, I don't like that it's not standardized across the league because you got mm-hmm. 22 teams and 22 different communications or radio guys that are in charge of these things. And everybody's got a different idea for what works and what doesn't. So, you know, I'll get a package from one team and I'll throw 17 of the 20 pages out because they're not relevant to anything I'm talking about. And then there's other teams where I'm desperately looking for more because they don't give me enough. So if I have one bone to pick, and I mean, we might have 18 months to solve this problem, which is probably not going to happen, but I'd like that. I'd like there to be a universal uh, media stats kit for everybody. I just think that would be easier. I I agree with you. Um, The thing I'll say about my, uh, my kit and you know, uh, now the Brandon weekend kit. Yeah, that's true. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) The thing I like about the Lethbridge and Brandon media kits uh, (laughs) is, and I, I'll be perfectly honest there, there, there have been things that I've of course taken from other teams I've seen and I'm like, Ooh, I like that. Let's, let's, incorporate that and it's ever changing and evolving over the years i think the one thing that uh i think makes mine good um at least from a broadcaster's perspective is it's all stuff that you can use in a in a broadcast and, and that's kind of the way i do it is like you know i can do all that prep and have it at my fingertips but this is stuff that i like so i'm pretty sure crow and brandon and you know, Mooner and Red Deer, all these guys are going to like this kind of stuff. So I might as well just put it in for everybody. So that's kind of why I've just over the years tried to improve it as best as possible. Well, I appreciate it. You I mean, you saved me a lot of work. All I had to do was change the colors and throw a couple different logos in there and deleted a few pages of Hurricanes history that I didn't want in there. And other than that, she's go- she's good to go. Good to go. Hey, and uh, the one thing that we started here and, and credit to Pete and Matt Anholt. It was their idea. And, and I mean, I'm the executor of it, but, but our lineup sheet is a pretty popular one. Uh, I get the lineups from Brent Kissio or the coaching staff the morning of the game. And then I print out our, our lineup sheets for online and, and you guys and some of the scouts and stuff like that. I've seen that picked up. I know Winnipeg does it. James and <laughs> actually funny story. Have you had Gallo on? Uh, no, actually, I haven't. Uh, we've uh, other than the we've had less Lazarus on. Okay. We've had Cam Moon, great storyteller. And I think that I think you're just the third. Oh, Bob Ridley. No, we've had Bob Ridley. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. We had Bob uh, pretty pretty early actually. But I think you're the only other guy. I think we've only had a handful of Western League guys. Well, Gallo would be good. Of course, James Gallo, play by play communications guy, Mushka. So the lad does just sidebar on the on the lineup sheet. Uh, Alan Miller, the GM of the Warriors, was in Lethbridge for a game last year. I want to say early, like September, late September, early October kind of deal. And uh, he sat with Pete and Holt, our general manager, and got our lineup thing, which I usually, I, I used to only print for like the away broadcaster, my, myself, my color guy, and our coaches. And then it's evolved to, you know, scouts get them now. But at this time, it was only our coaching staff, and I printed an extra one for for Alan. And uh, the next day, I got a text from Gallo going, you son of a you-know-what, don't be so damn good at your job, because now 
I got to put one of these damn things together. <laughs> so now Moose Jaw does it too. And it's kind of caught on it. That's another thing. And that's something that Crozy can attest. It's something that you see kind of NCAA hockey. Yeah. NCAA does it. And we kind of, Matt Anholt, one of our coaches played NCAA and came to me and was like, Hey, like maybe we can do this. And I was like, yeah, I like the idea. And we kind of picked up on that and starting to, you know, see it in, in other cities. Well, you just keep doing your, uh, keep doing your thing. I'll keep riding on your coattails and uh, just uh, taking all the good stuff and uh, not giving you any credit for it. And um, you know, someday we may cross paths somewhere else. Crow, you you are destined to be a radio legend because that is exactly what radio is. You just <laughs> you just steal from other people and you and you, and you build your own career on it. <laughs> hey, they they say imitation is the biggest form of flattery, right? So yeah, I'm not gonna grow a beard like that, though. I'll be honest with you. Well, you can't. I, I honestly, <laughs> I, I, I couldn't if I tried. So, Forbesy, this was awesome. Enjoy the rest of the World Juniors. I know there's only a handful of games left, uh, but uh, hopefully the NHL gets going. I know you're a Canucks fan, and uh, Jace Howerlick is uh, is out there now. Travis Hamonic, a couple of former Wheat Kings. So, uh, enjoy the NHL, and hopefully. Uh, you know, we can see in person at some point soon. Don't know when that's going to happen, but, um, you know, all the best moving forward. Stay safe out there on the lockdown and uh, hopefully we'll see you soon. Yeah, guys, you too. Thanks for having me on. It was a lot of fun. Like I said, mailing it in to start 2021. Typical crow. <laughs> Set the bar high. Well, there he was, the man who, even as he said, had nothing better to do. But I'm excited that we could get uh, Dustin <laughs> Forbes to join us on the podcast here this week. But, Crow, you know, I do feel bad. I, I legitimately didn't know how much he doesn't like that goal call. Oh, he like, the hates famous it, Stuart Skinner. I, I, I mean, I thought, that, you know, he might whatever, but, like, I almost feel, felt bad when I had it ready to play for him. I don't feel bad at all because, hey, that is that is a moment that will go down in his history forever, up until the day he dies and longer. I mean, I love Forbesy. Him and I have grown up together in, in the broadcasting world. We started in Junior A in the SJHL, and we talk every day. Like I said, our snap streak's over 670 days, and uh, we've, we've kind of been each other's kind of, uh, I don't know if I want to say, agent advisor we talk about you know job opportunities over the years and who's going where and what and trying to help each other out with demo reels and stuff so i love bugging him uh he's the first guy to you know jump all over me when i make a goofy call like when i said if that's not a goal i'll retire on the spot he was the first guy <laughs> to jump all over me so i don't feel bad okay about before we talk about world juniors uh, you you brought that up so people are going to be asking so we got to talk about that really quick there is actually there is a now a a decal that lives on the broadcast wall that now has this infamous Brandon Crow quote because, and you know what? Forbes is going to love this because, Hey, so we put Dustin Forbes in the spot for that call, but now you're going to have to own this one again on the podcast. Yeah. yeah Explain. It was, uh, it was a game against Kamloops. And I think it was my first year, maybe my second year. I, I don't quite remember, but um, it was just uh, one of those quick plays where from my broadcast vantage point above the visiting bench, everyone knows where I sit to me, the puck crossed the line in Brandon. And I was 100% convinced, Pete was 100% convinced that puck had crossed the goal line. Well, they had gone upstairs and reviewed it and reviewed it and reviewed it. And it was a long review. And I was starting to get annoyed thinking, come on, like I watched it go in. And I said on the air, just stupidly, that if that isn't a goal, I'll retire on the spot. Because that's how confident I was that it was going to be a goal. Well, I didn't even finish saying spot 
the tea hadn't even come out of my mouth and Carlin Krieger, the official stepped away from the booth and said, no goal. <laughs> so, I mean, it was quite comical at the time, but I, I didn't think anything of it, whatever. I thought it was funny. You know, I made the joke that the cameras at the Keystone were covered in dust from the, from the fair. You wouldn't be able to see it anyway, but the next time I came to the rink, there was invitations for my retirement party <laughs> printed and placed all over the press box, thanks to the good guys at Weber Printing. So uh, those invites to my retirement party still hang in the press box as a reminder for the one time that I said I was going to retire based on a uh, something that, you know, I, I wear glasses. I don't have the greatest sight to begin with. And uh, yeah, it was versus Kamloops is what you said, right? I think it was Kamloops. Because- yeah. I, I remember that night that we kept that in the highlights. So, yes, you did. So, so your call of you retiring lives in that highlight pack. So, uh, you know, I'm going to pause right here for editing, just like we did for Forbes, and we're now going to play that famous clip. I'm going to go find it. <laughs> of course you are. Caps it off for Clegg. Clegg walks in, shoots, blocker save, and right, they score. That puck is in the net. From this angle, that puck is in, and Stelio Mateos is waving his arm. I think that's a goal. They're going to check this, I'm sure, but it took from me, for me and you from up here, 100%. it was across the goal line. There, If that isn't a goal, I will retire on the spot. Oh, um, boom. It, it, just, no. it just aired. So so we just relived you 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 now having to retire again on the spot there, Crow. Yeah, that was... There you go, that, Forbes. That was that for you. Dumb. Really dumb. But hey, tonight it was an awesome game. World Juniors. Braden Schneider uh, played his best game at the tournament so far, like we kind of alluded to earlier. Uh, next up for Team Canada is an opponent that we do not know yet, <laughs> because at the time of this recording, like we mentioned, you know uh, that game it, it's it's literally just starting, so uh, we're not sure how that one's going to turn out. But uh, did you see the stat earlier, Crow? That uh, that uh, uh, Gord uh, Miller he tweeted out. Uh, I, I couldn't believe this. In the 25 history of the tournament, 25 year history, Canada has never played Finland in the gold medal game, and the U.S. has never played Russia. So both really? of those were potentially, yeah, that those two matchups have both never happened for the gold medal. I just found that very, very surprising. The USA, yeah. Russia, you know, Canada, Finland, I can kind of get, you know, Finland up to the last really few years. I mean, they were always kind of the good team once every you know, while sort of fringe lately. Now, I mean, they've surpassed Sweden, of course, in terms of how successful they've been at right. the world juniors in the last uh, 10 years. Um, but uh, yeah, still. Uh, so for that reason, Weird. I think I'm cheering for Finland tonight now, just because that would be great. But of course the Canada, us uh, rivalry is just always fantastic. And so I don't know what it is. Like I was talking to, to Fraser Rogers, the voice of the Prince George Cougars, another one of my longtime friends. We both started together at the same radio station and, and we talked, regularly as well and I, I i don't know what it is about the last handful of years of world juniors there just hasn't been that moment i, I know that you could probably go back and find one but I, I go back to you know when i was young like in the last 10 years you know the, the jordan eberly comeback and and the jonathan tave shootout and and moments like that that i will forever remember you know i if you had to if you put me on the spot and said who was on last year's world junior team, I would have to think about it. Like I know Kalen Addison was on the team. I know Dylan Cousins was on the team because I remember seeing a couple of pictures, but it's just I don't know what it is. There's just something that just hasn't grabbed me the last few years. You know, I've obviously cheered for for Brandon Bourne and Brandon Wheat Kings, like Yuri Patera playing for the Czechs and that sort of thing, Kale Clegg with Team Canada, but there just hasn't been a game that's gripped me. So whoever wins between Finland and the US, I really truly hope it's a nail biter, a come from behind, a heroic finish, you know, just something that 
you know, just sticks in your mind. Cause I feel like that's been missing from the last few years. So that's, that's what I'm hoping for. I don't care. U.S., Finland, whatever. Canada's got an opportunity. They're guaranteed a medal. And when we talk about this next week, hopefully it's gold, but uh, I'm really hoping for, for something special in the gold medal game. And just not a shootout, you know, international hockey. It's always a possibility and nothing like a gold medal game coming down to a shootout. So there hasn't been one yet. This tournament, knock on wood. Now that I say that Finland, USA is probably going to a shootout, but um, nonetheless, there hasn't been one this tournament. That and, would be okay. Yeah, <laughs> that I would be okay. I mean, and, not, uh, you know, probably actually probably not. I, when I, and when I, of course, when all the big games are decided, you want it to be definitive, not yeah. go into a skills competition. But uh, I mean, that is what international hockey is. So, but uh, yeah, either way, I know exactly where I'm going to be uh, tomorrow night, which is right over there on the couch watching watching that game and cheering on Braden Schneider. 100%. And again, uh, the time we record this, Braden Schneider picking up his first goal of the World Juniors and uh, setting himself up uh, potentially for a gold medal return back to his billet family in Brandon. A great story. Be sure to check that out. Head over to Facebook. I know that uh, Bob FM, Q Country, the Wheat Kings, was shared hundreds of times on Facebook. It hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. Yeah, um, It's on Twitter as well. Awesome. But uh, Be sure to check out the video and be sure to uh, uh, maybe get yourself set up uh, for that uh, game tomorrow. Stop by and uh, make sure that your fridge has got lots of uh, silver bullets, bullets in it. Our official podcast sponsor, Cruise Light, has... Uh, Gold medal coming up, but we won't be able to tell you about it till seven days from now <laughs> in next week's episode, episode 37. That's true. And in between that, I hope that people can get out and take advantage of this still nice weather. This is just amazing for Manitoba in January. The temperatures are flowing between like minus one and plus one. So we got some great days here. I know I've been out, uh, been out ice fishing. Uh, Coors Light is the official sponsor of the podcast. Uh, the official beer of the brand of Wheat Kings. Please drink responsibly. One other company that we do talk about sometimes, though, is Billy's Beef. Uh, you know, those beef sausages, I took them out there, Crow, to the latest ice fishing. And uh, once again, they were like the boys. I thought I brought enough. I brought I brought six. There's three of us. And it was not. They were they were gone. <laughs> like, hey, Dad, can I have more? Like, I brought out an entire, like, they're, they're huge, too. Anyway. Billy's Beef, he said they're going to get me a hat if we keep talking about it, and uh, he hasn't yet, um, but we're still going to throw that out there, that uh, if, if you want to go and check that out on Facebook, uh, Mark Durlego, his uh, his local beef company. Good stuff. It's, uh, it's great stuff, and uh, you're right, he does off, owe us some free swag. Uh, we've talked about him enough, promoted him enough, maybe we'll have to get him on the pod and handcuff him, but uh, anyway, enjoy or, your gold medal game. Straight up, just, just give me a discount, because I'm going to keep buying some sausage for ice fishing. <laughs> I mean, whatever, that's what kind of... Okay, if I'm being honest, that was kind of my angle here. Because he's not giving us any money. He's not giving us any plugs. No. But if I go back to him, because now I'm out, because the boys keep eating all this. So now <laughs> if I go back to him, be like, hey, do you hear the last pod? I need to get some more sausage. That's how we get listeners. If you want if you want your business mentioned, let us know. And we'll guarantee <laughs> that we'll get you a That's couple it. of listeners. That's it. You're going to get mentions. You're going to get mentions. Maybe not as much as Coors Light, but you're still going to get a couple of mentions. As long as it pairs well with Coors Light. Yes, yes. And Billy's <laughs> Beef for sure would. All right, well, enjoy the gold medal game, and we'll talk to you uh, next week on episode 37 of the Weekly Harvest, presented by Coors Light. Be sure to follow Q Country and the Wheat Kings on Twitter and Facebook for all your Brandon Wheat Kings news. Thanks for listening to the Weekly Harvest.